All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point. Thanks for those WhatsApp voice notes. I agree, you know, uh, Swabato is a breath of fresh air. And certainly, you know, it's great to have that kind of attitude um, that I, I don't even think that when she sees problems arise, she sees them as problems. I think she's, she just looks at it and thinks, okay, how am I going to make my way through this? And and sometimes that's exactly what you need. So um, thank you all for the well wishes that you're sending through. We'll keep in touch with her and find out how how her business is doing as the year progresses. Well, let's uh, t- turn our attention to this now. This morning, an emergency meeting being called in Maputo, and this is by SADC Security and Defence Ministers. Now, uh, some of them met yesterday ahead of the extraordinary double Troika summit. The gathering is expected to discuss the instability and insurgency in Mozambique's northern region of Cabo Delgado. Militants have been terrorising the region since 2017 and we have seen attacks happen there in the last couple of weeks where a South African man has been killed in those in in that particular conflict. Sophie Mogwena is our SABC foreign editor and joins me now. Sophie good morning. Uh, Good morning Casey. It's a pleasure to have you on the show and of course I did promise that we'll also be speaking to Channel Africa's correspondent in Mozambique. I will bring him on as soon as we're able to get him on the line. Firstly, let's talk about this call for an emergency meeting. Uh, there's a lot been said about the response of SADC to the violence in northern Mozambique. When you track the history of this particular story, Sophie, do you think that there is more that SADC could have done? Yes, I believe uh, SADC should have acted much earlier, but I think the technicality here, mm. the country that is affected where you have this conflict was not upfront in terms of information, but also clearly not willing to request or ask for uh, assistance from the neighbors or the region itself or the continental body AU or the world body, the United Nations. Therefore, it was very difficult because you know that for any country to intervene in another country, it has to be a collective position of Mm -hmm. the region and the affected country or the continental body's decision or resolution or the United Nations Security Council uh, resolution. Therefore, countries can't just go and uh, doorstop and, you know, and ask hard questions to the head of state there, but also uh, enter the territory because every country's territory must be respected in line with the UN Charter. That would include the constitutive act of the AU. And of course, I am sure the uh, resolutions of uh, the uh, SADC itself when it was launched, that yes, we will be one community, but we will still respect territories and not interfere in any country unless we are invited to do so when the security of Mm -hmm. neighbors are threatened. 
I want to go back to something that you started off by saying, and this is around the transparency that has uh, been coming out of the Mozambique government on the situation. We've had different humanitarian organizations also talk about how um, the violence in the northern parts of Mozambique has been downed downplayed over the last couple of years. What can an organization like SADC do in that instance where there are conflicting reports about the severity of a situation and what should they be relying on to inform their own decision-making process? Clearly, the first thing to do is to speak to the affected countries to get information. Secondly, all these countries, they do have uh, offices, diplomatic offices and representatives in that country. And therefore, they can also get information from uh, an attaché who is responsible for peace and security or also intelligence at the embassy or at the high commissioner's office. The second issue, the chair of the organ on politics, defense, and security can request information and advise the affected country that there should be a troika meeting, in fact, a double troika, where you include affected country itself to discuss the matter. And I think uh, it took uh, a while for SADC to come up with such a proposal only now with this recent attack in Palma where SADC uh, Troika did uh, consult and finally agreed on this meeting today in Maputo, Mozambique and now an agent double Troika. Double Troika because you have uh, Tanzania head of state attending the meeting as the former chair of the SADC. You have the incoming chair, that is uh, Malawi, President Chakwere. And then you also have the current chair, President Nusi of Mozambique. The Troika, it is South Africa, the incoming chair of Troika in August this year, and the former Troika chair, that is uh, Zimbabwe, and the current Troika chair, that is Botswana, and therefore they are now there to come up with a a, a decision Mm. in terms of a way forward, and that's how it's done, but I think they should have acted long ago when this problem started at Cabo Delgado. Mm. Of course, this delay in what I suppose the public would perceive as an appropriate response to the violence has again drawn the criticism that often SADC is burying its hand, its head in the sand while Rome is burning. It is true, but the challenge here is that much as I agree in terms of my observation as a former political reporter who used to cover the SADC region, and also politics in general, uh, and now the foreign editor, is that SADC is not as you know quick as it used to be. There was a time where you had a particular crop of leaders, both at SADC level and at AU level, where they were quick to take decisions. Mm. Uh, when there were problems in Zimbabwe, you may disagree with 
the decisions they took there and the interventions there, Lesotho. So, but now the, the, the current crop of SADC leaders are, are inward looking. I don't know whether it is because of the challenges they are facing in their respective countries. For example, with South Africa, the, the, the former president, Tabombegi, was always available to intervene on the continent when there were uh, uh, conflicts and all of that. Because during his tenure, uh, he wasn't so much under pressure in terms of uh, delivery and all of that. There was still a honeymoon, and he was able to balance the national uh, issues and the international issues because he believed in Africa and the security and the peace of Africa because he knew that if Africa is at peace, South Africa will prosper because South Africa is Africa. But the new crop seems to be uh, caught in the internal challenges of their respective country. You take a country like South Africa. I mean, we've seen what's happening in the ruling party. This is the governing party. It is not a child's play. If the governing party is experiencing such instability, there is no way or instability, there is no way the country or the head of state, who is also the leader of the ruling party, can have time to look at what's happening around South Africa, which will also create a problem because dropping the ball will tamper with the security of South Africa. Therefore, as a leader, you have to find a way to balance national uh, priorities and international priorities or continental priorities. So I think that's the problem. You look at Zimbabwe, the same thing, there are issues there. Botswana, towards the elections, there were lots of issues. Lesotho currently, even now, we are not sure whether matters have been resolved. And now Mozambique with this uh, uh, challenge. Therefore, I think that's the problem. Many, many, when they look at South Africa's approach to foreign policy, and in particular within the region, the sub-Saharan region, many would argue that the position that we've taken as a country very much is still in line with what even former President Tabumbeki had done. You can remember the days of quiet diplomacy while Zimbabwe was going through its own set of, of crises. How is the SADC to today any different from that SADC um, that was unable to make any clear pronouncements on even the human rights violations that were taking place at the time in Zimbabwe? I think the ANC's policy, the foreign policy is clear that you have to pursue uh, for peace and security on the continent because if the continent is at peace the continent is going to prosper we are going to prosper but they have taken a decision to use diplomatic channel because they don't want a confrontation and with that they are hoping that that will put south africa in a position where it is being seen as a fair mediator and that is why the current leadership will continue with that approach. Ramaphosa is part of the ANC. He is part of the previous decisions that were taken by the ANC, good or bad. 
He can't divorce himself, whether it's good decisions or bad decisions. Therefore, it is the policy of South Africa not to be confrontational, but rather diplomatic. But behind the scenes, you expect them to make those calls to relevant people when there is this kind of a standoff. But publicly, they won't do that. For an example, this meeting, the Troika, double Troika meeting, it's going to be very heated because Tanzania is going to say, this is destabilizing my country. And we have to act because the border between Mozambique and Tanzania, it is in that area. The same with Malawi. Malawi is going to see, I'm a struggling country. I'm trying to rebuild the economy. I can't afford uh, instability, political instability. The same with South Africa. Therefore, I think they will, behind the scenes, be very robust. But finally, when they come out, when you read the communique, it's going to be very, very diplomatic unless you get your sources to share information in terms of uh, different positions of different countries. Therefore, there's no way President Ramaphosa can come out and, 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 and use a megaphone to deal with sensitive matters of uh, uh, independence of other countries. Let's talk about the fact that the conflict in and of itself is quite complex and um, you have locals who are disgruntled over a lack of delivery, service delivery, a lack of improvement in their own lives. And you have the insurgents that are taking advantage of that um, disgruntlement that people are facing. What is your own understanding of what is contributing to this violence and, and why it is taking place in the way that it is? Like any country on the continent, when you redress the, imbalance, the imbalances of the past, you must make sure that all communities can see and they can uh, benefit. Now, unfortunately, you find a situation where leaders tend to focus on urban areas and they don't deal with challenges in the countryside. It's happening in South Africa. Go to rural areas. See how women and children are suffering, walking long distance to school. Women still going out to get water very far and wood to make fire and cook. You have the healthcare services. Some of them, they can't access healthcare services. Healthcare services is a luxury. Simple, basic uh, rights, human rights, water, food, shelter, Now, in this area, it is the same situation where the area is so underdeveloped, but you have minerals, you have oil. It's happening in South Africa. The mining community, when you can see poverty in the mining communities, but the multinational companies, they take money, they don't even invest in South African uh, stock exchange or securities exchange. They invest in their own institutions. Little is left to develop the country. And finally, the communities will rise up. They will lose patience because they've been waiting since the freedom and they don't taste the freedom that they deserve, the fruits of the freedom that they deserve. Now, Even in South Africa, we can see that restlessness. Yesterday, 
former judge Nevi Pillay was saying, the problems you see in South Africa, it's because the process of TRC didn't address the challenges that we are facing and that prevailed pre and post-1994. And people are becoming impatient. The same is happening in Mozambique. Now, unfortunately, you have these uh, groups, insurgents group, coming in promising communities that they will help them and just make the situation worse. And that is the situation. That is why it is important when you are a leader, you must prioritize the development of the previously disadvantaged and the marginalized, particularly women and children and women with triple oppression. If you come in, you prioritize the, the, the markets and big business and the rich and the wealthy, the poor are in the majority. They will be restless. They will rise up. Sophie Mukwena is our foreign editor here at the SABC. We're talking about the situation in Mozambique. Time has just flown. Um, I, I was hoping to create more of an opportunity for an engagement. Of course, we still got a couple of minutes to be able to do that. The number to use is zero double one seven one four two double zero six.